0: Hey, welcome to another installment of Christmas in Quarantine, Christmas Past's impromptu mini-series of Indeterminate Length, where I'm bringing you one new episode each day until things are looking better on this COVID-19 crisis. It's like an audio advent calendar designed to bring you Christmas cheer in these uncertain times. Today marks the tenth consecutive day that I'm bringing you one of these. I've been reading you classic Christmas stories, sharing roundtable discussions with some friends, I've got some interviews lined up and more sharing things like old-time radio and other entertainment from Christmas Past that I think you'll love. Today's installment is another classic story, and this one comes to you by special request. Steve and the Christmas Past Facebook group requested that I read Christmas Every Day by William Dean Howells. It's a simple and sweet story where the moral is be careful what you wish for. Thanks so much for the request, Steve. And if anyone else has requests, you can always reach out at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com Or find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you haven't yet joined the Christmas Past private Facebook group, well, maybe today's the day you will. Before we move on to the story, as always, I hope that you're staying safe and healthy. I hope that you're practicing all of the common sense guidelines and that you are taking your advice only from trained medical professionals and that you're treating the situation with the seriousness it deserves. Also, I hope that these episodes really are bringing some Christmas spirit to your days, and I'll bet you have people in your life who could use a little Christmas right now, too. So why not help them discover this show? It's as simple as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are both quick and simple ways to show your support, and they really do make a big difference. And if you do leave a review, I will be delighted to send you an official Christmas Past sticker, along with a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. You can message me for details about that. I'll come back at the end to say goodbye, but for now, please enjoy Christmas Every Day by William Dean Howells. And thanks again, Steve, for the suggestion. The little girl came into her papa's study as she always did Saturday morning before breakfast and asked for a story. He tried to beg off that morning for he was very busy But she would not let him. So he began. Well, once there was a little pig. She stopped him at the word. She said she had heard little pig stories till she was perfectly sick of them. Well, what kind of story shall I tell you then? About Christmas. It's getting to be the season. Well, her papa roused himself. Then I'll tell you about the little girl that wanted it Christmas every day in the year. How would you like that? First-rate, said the little girl, and she nestled into comfortable shape in his lap, ready for listening. Very well, then. This little pig—oh, what are you pounding me for? Because you said little pig instead of little girl. I should like to know what's the difference between a little pig and a little girl that wanted a Christmas every day. Papa, said the little girl warningly. At this, her papa began to tell the story. Once there was a little girl who liked Christmas so much— that she wanted it to be Christmas every day in the year. And as soon as Thanksgiving was over, she began to send postcards to the old Christmas fairy to ask if she mightn't have it. But the old fairy never answered, and after a while the little girl found out that the fairy wouldn't notice anything but real letters sealed outside with a monogram. Or your initial, anyway. So then, she began to send letters, and just the day before Christmas, she got a letter from the fairy saying that she might have it Christmas every day for a year, and then they would see about having it longer. The little girl was excited already, preparing for the old-fashioned once-a-year Christmas that was coming the next day. And perhaps the fairy's promise didn't make such an impression on her as it might have made some other time. So she resolved to keep the fairy's promise to herself and surprise everybody with it as it kept coming true. But then it slipped out of her mind altogether. She had a splendid Christmas. She went to bed early so as to let Santa fill the stockings, and in the morning she was up, the first of anybody, and found hers all lumpy with packages of candy and oranges and grapes and rubber balls and all kinds of small presents. Then she waited until the rest of the family was up, and she burst into the library to look at the large presents laid out on the library table. Books and boxes of stationery and dolls and little stoves and dozens of handkerchiefs and inkstands and skates and photograph frames and boxes of watercolors and dolls' houses and the big Christmas tree lighted and standing in the middle. She had a splendid Christmas all day. She ate so much candy she didn't want any breakfast, and the whole forenoon the presents kept pouring in that had not been delivered the night before. And she went round giving the presents she had got for other people, and came home and ate turkey and cranberry for dinner and plum pudding and nuts and raisins and oranges, and then went out and coasted, and came in with a stomachache, crying." and her papa said he would see if his house was turned into that sort of fool's paradise another year and they had a light supper and pretty early everybody went to bed cross the little girl slept very heavily and very late and she was wakened at last by the other children dancing around her bed with their stockings full of presents in their hands christmas 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 they all shouted nonsense it was christmas yesterday said the little girl rubbing her eyes sleepily Her brothers and sisters just laughed. We don't know about that. It's Christmas today, anyway. You come into the library and see. Then all at once it flashed on the little girl that the fairy was keeping her promise, and her year of Christmases was beginning. She was dreadfully sleepy, but she sprang up and darted into the library. There it was again. Books and boxes of stationery and dolls and so on. There was the Christmas tree blazing away, and the family picking out their presents, and her father looking perfectly puzzled, and her mother ready to cry. I'm sure I don't see how I'm to dispose of all of these things, said her mother, and her father said it seemed to him that they had something just like it the day before, but he supposed that he must have dreamed it. This struck the little girl as the best kind of a joke, and so she ate so much candy that she didn't want any breakfast and went round carrying presents and had turkey and cranberry for dinner and then went out and coasted and came in with a stomachache crying. Now the next day it was the same thing over again, but everyone was getting crosser, and at the end of the week's time, so many people had lost their tempers that you could pick up lost tempers anywhere. They perfectly strewed the ground. Even when people tried to recover their tempers, they usually got somebody else's, and it made the most dreadful mix. The little girl began to get frightened, keeping the secret all to herself. She wanted to tell her mother, but she didn't dare to, and she was ashamed to ask the fairy to take back her gift. It seemed ungrateful and ill-bred. So it went on and on, and it was Christmas on St. Valentine's Day and Washington's birthday, just the same as any day, and it didn't skip even the first of April though everything was counterfeit that day, and that was some little relief. After a while, the turkeys got to be awfully scarce, selling for about $1,000 a piece. They got to passing off almost anything for turkeys, even half-grown hummingbirds. And cranberries, well, they asked a diamond a piece for cranberries. All the woods and orchards were cut down for Christmas trees. After a while, they had to make Christmas trees out of rags. But there were plenty of rags because people got so poor, buying presents for one another that they couldn't get any new clothes, and they just wore their old ones to tatters. They got so poor that everybody had to go to the poorhouse. Except the confectioners, and the shopkeepers, and the booksellers. They all got so rich and proud that they would hardly wait upon a person when he came in to buy. It was perfectly shameful. After it had gone on for about 3 or 4 months, the little girl, whenever she came into the room in the morning and saw those great ugly lumpy stockings dangling at the fireplace and the disgusting presents around everywhere, used to sit down and burst out crying. In 6 months, she was perfectly exhausted. She couldn't even cry anymore. And how it was on the 4th of July. On the 4th of July, the first boy in the United States woke up and found out that his firecrackers and toy pistols and $2 collections of fireworks were nothing but sugar and candy painted up to look like fireworks. Before 10 o'clock, every boy in the United States discovered that his 4th of July things had turned into Christmas things, and he was so mad. The Fourth of July orations all turned into Christmas carols, and when anybody tried to read the Declaration of Independence, instead of saying, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary, he was sure to sing, God rest ye merry gentlemen. It was perfectly awful. About the beginning of October, the little girl took to sitting down on dolls wherever she found them. She hated the sight of them so, and by Thanksgiving, she just slammed her presents across the room. By that time, people didn't carry presents around nicely anymore. They flung them over the fence or through the window and instead of taking great pains to write for dear papa or mama or brother or sister, they used to write take it you horrid old thing and then go and bang it against the front door. Nearly everybody had built barns to hold their toys, but pretty soon the barns overflowed and then they used to let them lie out in the rain or anywhere. Sometimes the police used to come and tell them to shovel their presents off the sidewalk or they would arrest them. Before Thanksgiving came, it had leaked out who had caused all of these Christmases. The little girl had suffered so much that she had talked about it in her sleep, and after that hardly anybody would play with her, because if it had not been for her greediness, it wouldn't have happened. And now, when it came Thanksgiving and she wanted them to go to church and have turkey and show their gratitude, they said that all the turkeys had been eaten for her old Christmas dinners, and if she would stop the Christmases, they would see about the gratitude. And the very next day, the little girl began sending letters to the Christmas fairy, and then telegrams to stop it. But it didn't do any good. And then she got to calling at the fairy's house, but the girl that came to the door always said not at home or engaged or something like that, and so it went on until it came to the old once-a-year Christmas Eve. The little girl fell asleep, and when she woke up in the morning, she found it was nothing but a dream, suggested the little girl. No, indeed, said her papa. It was all every bit true. What did she find out then? Why, that it wasn't Christmas at last, and wasn't ever going to be, anymore. Now it's time for breakfast. The little girl held her papa fast around the neck. You shan't go if you're going to leave it so. How do you want it left? Christmas once a year. All right, said her papa, and he went on again. Well, with no Christmas ever again, there was the greatest rejoicing all over the country. People met together everywhere and kissed and cried for joy. Carts went around and gathered up all the candy and raisins and nuts and dumped them into the river, and it made the fish perfectly sick. And the whole United States, as far out as Alaska, was one blaze of bonfires where the children were burning up their presents of all kinds. They had the greatest time. The little girl went to thank the old fairy because she had stopped its being Christmas, and she said she hoped the fairy would keep her promise and see that Christmas never, never came again. Then the fairy frowned and said that now the little girl was behaving just as greedily as ever and she'd better look out this made the little girl think it all over carefully again and she said that she would be willing to have it christmas about once in a thousand years and then she said a hundred and then she said ten and at last she got down to one then the fairy said that was the good old way that had pleased people ever since christmas began and she was agreed when the little girl said "'What are your shoes made of?' And the fairy said, "'Leather.' And the little girl said, "'Bargains done forever,' and skipped off, and hippity-hopped the whole way home. She was so glad." "'How will that do?' asked the papa. First rate,' said the little girl. But she hated to have the story stop, and was rather sober. However, her mother put her head in at the door and asked her papa, "'Are you never coming to breakfast? What have you been telling that child?' Oh, just a tale with a moral. The little girl caught him around the neck again. We know. Don't you tell what, Papa. Don't you tell what. Thanks so much for listening. I sure hope you enjoyed that. I don't know what I'll be bringing you tomorrow, but it'll be something equally Christmassy. Maybe a story, maybe an interview, maybe a trivia game, maybe a playlist of some music you might want to discover. Until we meet again, though, let me remind you, as always, that Christmas Past is produced in sunny San Mateo, California, by yours truly, Brian Earle. Until we meet again, be safe, look out for one another, and may your days be merry and bright.